What's up, man? So, so this week for everything NHL, we're going to recap um, the games for April 28th, which is today as of this recording. We'll go over um, an early look of the NHL playoffs and then we'll preview um, Friday's games. All right. Sounds good. Let's get into it. All right. Uh, let's start off with um, Tampa Bay versus Columbus, um, a 5 2 upset um, by Columbus. So, Pretty impressive by the Blue Jackets. Um, we have Jakob Voracek for Columbus in the first. And uh, in the second, we have Nikita Kucherov for Tampa Bay and Cole Sillinger for Columbus. And in the third period, we have Jack Roslovic, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and Andrew Peake for Columbus with Corey Gary with another goal for Tampa Bay. And uh, what are your thoughts? Honestly, Tampa Bay, they're probably just like chilling right up on now. Like they didn't even start Andre Vasilevsky in this game. Uh, they already have their playoff spot locked up. This is more like Columbus, like some of the younger players playing uh, for jobs next year. As you could see, Andrew Peak scored a goal. Uh, he's trying to sort of set the tone there. So I wouldn't overreact to this loss for Tampa Bay. They're more focused on the playoffs at this point. All right. And uh, I guess we can uh... – move on to a game that I think just ended. Uh, we have Calgary versus Minnesota. And Minnesota was able to clutch this game out in overtime 3-2. Um, no goals in the first period. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau for the Flames in the second period. And Jonas Brody for Minnesota in the second. In the third period, we have Frederick Gaudreau for Minnesota and Elias Lindholm for Calgary and Kaprizov was able to clutch the game out in overtime for Minnesota. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, both of these teams, they already have playoff spots locked up. They didn't have a lot to play for, but they both brought their A games uh, from the looks of it. They played really well, really tight game overall. Of course, uh, Kirill uh, Kaprizov, he's already at 46 goals, which is pretty insane. He's going to get close to 50 this year, obviously. And yeah, um, both teams... They look pretty solid going into the playoffs. Of course, Calgary wins their division. Minnesota looks like they're going to be facing St. Louis in the first round. I think that matchup might already be confirmed. So, um, yeah, both of these two teams, they're looking pretty solid, and they're looking like they're going to be solid in the playoffs as well. Sure. And uh, moving on to another potential solid playoff team, we have the Hurricanes beating New Jersey 6-3. to three. So uh, really impressive by the Hurricanes. Ethan Bear, Martin Leaches, and Jesperi Kotkaniemi for Carolina, and Fabian Zetterlitz for New Jersey in the first period. And in the second period, we have Tuvo Teravainen for Carolina. And uh, in the third period, we have Stephen Lawrence and Jordan Martinuk for Carolina, with Jesper Brad and Jimmy Bessie getting a goal each for New Jersey. And uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, this is a solid win for Carolina, considering they already have their division locked up. Um, they rested a bunch of players in this game, and they still came out with a huge win. So it speaks to the depth that this team has heading into the playoffs. Um, yeah, hopefully they will be able to have a good run once they get there. And then, yeah, as for New Jersey, um, yeah, just playing out the final stretch of the season. Uh, you got uh, a lot of younger guys in the lineup. 
you, you know, you got uh, some of these guys trying to prove themselves, of course, of course, like Foot, uh, Nathan Bastion, um, Zetterland, obviously, like different guys in the lineup and that, that aren't normally there. And um, yeah, uh, it was definitely trying to make an impression for them. And then for the Hurricanes, it's sort of like a tune-up game for them heading into the playoffs. For sure. And so moving on to the next game, we have a four-goal shutout by the Panthers against the Ottawa Senators. So uh, really impressive by Florida. We have Sam Reinhardt in the first period for Florida. No goals in the second period. And in the third period, we have Sam Bennett, Carter. Sam Bennett with a goal and Carter Verhagen with two for Florida. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think Florida rested a lot of players as well, considering some of the injuries that popped up in their last game. So the fact that they just dominated Ottawa, even with like not their full team, is like pretty impressive. Um, I don't really don't know like what I can say about Ottawa at this point. They're not really playing for anything. They kind of got dominated pretty badly in this game. Um, yeah, they're just pretty much looking ahead to next year. But, like, for Florida, yeah, this team, they look deep. They look motivated to win in the playoffs this year. Sure. And speaking of another team that's motivated for uh, the playoffs, we have Boston with a five-goal shutout against Buffalo. Uh, no goals in the first period. Uh, Patrice Bergeron with two goals for Boston. And in the third period, we have Patrice Bergeron with a third goal for Boston. And David Pasternak and Taylor Hall were able to get a goal each as well. And uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, Boston, they're still, you know, playing all their players. They're trying to catch up to that third spot in the Atlantic division. It'll definitely change the seedings heading into the playoffs. So we'll definitely see. Um, I guess if they win their next game and Tampa Bay loses it, then they'll kind of switch spots. But as of right now, Tampa Bay sitting there. So yeah, good win for Boston. They pretty much dominated. Um, Linus Allmark, he got a shutout against his former team in Buffalo. Um, yeah, not much else to say. I guess Buffalo just didn't have their A game in this one. Boston, they're determined to get the win. Sure. And uh, moving on to the next game, we have um really surprising upset. Uh, the Islanders were able to beat the Capitals 5-1, to one, so that's really impressive by the Islanders. Uh, Brock Nelson and Patrick Lee for the Islanders in the first no goals in the second, but in the third, we have John Gabriel Pacho, Kyle Palmieri, and Josh Bailey for the Islanders in the third, with Axel uh, Johnson Fialbi for Washington in the third. And uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, Washington, they've already clinched their playoff spot. They're kind of just uh, playing out their final stretch of games. Obviously, Alex Ovechkin, he did get injured this week, so he wasn't in the lineup. So, yeah, the Islanders are kind of just playing for pride at this point, and they, they got a pretty solid win. I think it's back-to-back -back wins they now have against Washington. Um, it looks like Washington is probably going to be stuck in that eighth spot in the East. Uh, we'll definitely have to see how things shape out on the final day of the season. But, yeah, um, yeah, I guess solid win for the Islanders, sort of closing out uh, pretty much the remainder of their season. They played pretty well. And, yeah, as for Washington, I think they're just looking ahead to the playoffs, making sure they're healthy there. I guess there's three more games going on right now. Um, Kings and uh, Vancouver are tied at zero each. At the end of the first period, San Jose is leading the Oilers three to two. At the end of the second period, and uh, Colorado is leading Nashville four to three. At the end of the second period, 
Uh, we won't be covering those games, but we will move on to the early look of the playoffs. And I guess we can start with the Eastern Conference and uh, give us your thoughts on that. Okay, so we'll start with the number one seed Florida Panthers in the Atlantic Division. Uh, they have the most points in the East, so they'll be matching up against the the eight seeded team, so the second wild card team, and that's the Washington Capitals right now as we speak. Obviously, Pittsburgh could drop down into that spot. It is possible based on the amount of points that they have. Um, but yeah, right now it looks like it's going to be Washington. Um, I guess an early look at that series. Um, it looks like Florida. They're going to be healthy for the most part. Um, the only person I am concerned about is Aaron Ekblad, but uh, a Apparently, they did say that he's going to be back for the playoffs, which is going to be important uh, for Florida heading in there. They need their number one defenseman. Washington, they're looking to get Alex Ovechkin back. Uh, apparently, the shoulder injury is not serious. So both teams, they're missing a top player. If they can get them back, it's going to be a really hard-fought series. Um, yeah, who has the edge here? Probably Florida, but they haven't won a playoff series since 96. I know people bring that up all the time. Um yeah, they, they just haven't done well um, in the playoffs. So, uh, and we know Washington, they sort of have that like Stanley Cup pedigree. They won the cup like what, four years ago. So um, pretty recent still. Uh, they've lost a little bit of depth, but I think they could probably at least take a couple games off of Florida, maybe even upset. I think maybe Florida wins in six. I don't know. What are your thoughts if that's the matchup? I feel like um, the Capitals, they aren't uh, the same Capitals as they used to be. So I feel like it could possibly, um, you could possibly see a win from Florida. They're looking really hot right now, but I feel like it should go to six or seven games as well. And I guess moving on to Toronto versus Tampa Bay, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so this is the projected matchup. Obviously, Tampa Bay losing and Boston winning. There is the chance for Boston to get in there, but I think Tampa Bay should be able to hold on to that spot. We'll definitely have to see. But yeah, Toronto... Uh, I don't remember the last time Toronto has played Tampa Bay in the playoffs, if ever. So this is going to be a unique matchup, a new matchup. Uh, of course, defending Stanley Cup champions against a team that has not won a playoff series since 2004 in Toronto. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much two teams on different uh, ends of the spectrum. Obviously, they split the season series. So this series is going to be as tight as it gets. It's probably going to go six or seven, most likely. If it goes to game seven, Toronto will be at home. So there is a chance for them to potentially sort of snap that winless streak that they've had going in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, it's really tough to pick against Tampa Bay right now. Like, honestly, for me, um, I can't pick against them until they, they lose a playoff series. They haven't lost a playoff series in like two years. So uh, I'll probably lean towards Tampa, but I think it'll definitely be a seven game series for me. Sure. Um, I'm thinking probably six or seven games as well. Toronto, they looked really good in the regular season, but the question for the Leafs is always, can they get it done in the playoffs? Um, Tampa Bay, they're a pretty story team at this point, um, winning multiple Stanley Cup championships. So I feel like um, we've, we've seen the Leafs in a kind of sim similar situation against Boston. In my heart, I would want the Leafs to win, but I feel like you got to go with um, the Lightning here. And uh, I guess moving on to Carolina versus Boston, um, what are your thoughts here? 
Yeah, so if Boston does sit in this spot, I think it would be more favorable for Carolina than it would be if they played Tampa Bay. Um, I think that Boston, their depth has sort of eroded over the years from that team that went to the finals in 2019. I feel like, you know, not having Zdeno Chara and Tuka Rask and some of these guys that have been on the Bruins for a long time, it's going to hurt them come playoff time. I mean, they do have pretty good depth. Like they've gotten a, uh, like a, a lot deeper, but I mean, Carolina, they blew them out two out of the three games this year. And the other one was a shutout. So Boston also doesn't have a great record against Carolina this year. Carolina's deep. Um, I think the only question mark that I have in this series is like the health of goalie Freddie Anderson for um, the Carolina Hurricanes, because uh, to be honest, uh, he, he got injured. They've been holding him out. They said that he is like moving along at a good pace to sort of be ready for the playoffs. But yeah, I, if they don't have Freddie Anderson, I think that Boston definitely has an advantage there in goal. And uh, I mean, yeah, like whether it's Jeremy Swayman or Linus Olmark for Boston in the playoffs, they're both pretty decent borderline starting goalies compared to whether it's anti Ranta or whoever they have at third string. So, okay, if Freddie Anderson's playing, which he probably will, I'll give it to Carolina, maybe like five or six games. Uh, and if not, I think maybe this drags to like seven, maybe Boston gets the upset. I guess, what are your thoughts? I was thinking maybe the same thing. Carolina, they've been looking really solid um, pretty much the whole, whole season. They had a really good start to their to the to the start of their season, and I feel like Boston kind of had to claw their way up into the playoffs. If that makes sense, so I feel like if the Hurricanes are fully healthy, they should be able to win in about five games. But I think it could be pushed to maybe six or seven games if the Bruins um, are healthy than the Hurricanes. I guess uh, moving on to the next matchup, we have the Rangers versus Pittsburgh. So uh, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, this series is interesting. I guess Pittsburgh's sort of that team that's like been there, done that. Like they've won like two Stanley Cups within the past like six or seven years. Obviously, as of late, they haven't done as much in the playoffs, but neither have the Rangers. I believe the last time they were in the playoffs, they got swept by Carolina. So um, yeah, both of these teams are going to be looking to sort of um, make a, a mark this year and try and, you know, go on a run. Obviously, Pittsburgh has more experience, but I feel like the Rangers, they might have like the 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 better overall team considering all the deadline moves that they made. Um, Yeah, this, this series, I feel like it's going to go one of two ways. It's like a toss up for me, but like it's either going to be like a quick series, like four or five games or else it's going to go like all seven. Like that's kind of how I feel. I feel like if Pittsburgh wins, they might have to go like deeper, like about like six or seven games to do it. But I feel like if the Rangers win, um, they could probably do it early considering like Pittsburgh, uh, they might not even have their goalie Tristan Jari for the start of this series. I think that um, he had an injury. Um, He like he, I don't know whether he broke something in his foot, like a small bone, but I know that takes some time to heal, especially for a goalie when you're sort of on the edge of your skates all the time. It's like really tough if you have any like broken bones there. Um, and yeah, he still hasn't practiced, which is kind of concerning considering the playoffs are just coming up on Monday. So yeah, I think that it might be a short series for the Rangers just by looking at it, maybe about five games or so. Awesome. I was thinking that um, whether it's 
ends up being five games or seven games, I would still personally lean with the Rangers. Even though um, Pittsburgh does have that playoff experience, I feel like they're not as strong as they were, um, I guess, back in previous years. And it looks like the Rangers are stronger overall. So um, maybe the Penguins, they get a couple of upset games. They might push it to seven games, but I feel like the Rangers should be able to close it out, maybe shake off the playoff inexperience a little bit and then um, close it out for the most part. So, yeah, I would personally um, lean with the Rangers on this. And I guess that's about it for the Eastern Conference. So we'll move on to the Western Conference and we'll start with Calgary versus Dallas. And uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, so Calgary, they finished first in the Pacific Division, but they're the second-seeded team overall, so they play the seventh seed, which is the number one wildcard team in Dallas. Um, this is, as we speak, obviously things could change because these spots are not currently locked. Um, based off of Friday's games, we'll find out the exact standings, but let's just say they are playing Dallas. Um, I think both teams play that like similar like styles, like tight hockey. Um they, they sort of play similar games, so it's tough to find an edge between the two. Obviously, Calgary seems to be a little bit deeper on the offense for the most part. Um, and I just feel like that they um, they just haven't had the playoff success, which might hurt them. Like Dallas, they had a recent run to the cup finals uh, two years back, um, and they generally do play well in the playoffs, and they can win tight games. Like I think all three games were like, decided by like one or two goals this year between these two teams. So they play each other tight. Um, most people would say, oh, Calgary's going to sweep, but I don't think so. I think maybe Dallas drags it to six games. I might still take Calgary, even though they haven't played well in the playoffs as of late. But um, I think maybe this might be a new leaf for them. Uh, they they might be able to turn over and, and sort of become a dominant team this year. So yeah, I think may, I might take Calgary in six here. Yeah, I think I'd take Calgary in six as well. Um. Dallas, like you said, they do have playoff experience, but I feel like they've been a little bit shaky in the past couple of years. Obviously, they didn't have the best luck in the past couple of years, so that kind of um, contributed to that. But I think that uh, Calgary looks more solid than the Stars do. Um, they've been a lot more consistent. I think they both have had some um, win streaks and losing streaks, but I feel like Calgary streaks have uh, gone on for a lot longer. Um, they do have more, uh, more wins, so I feel like Calgary should be able to take this in around six games. So, yeah. And uh, moving on to uh, Edmonton versus the Kings. Um, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, this series is going to be interesting because I feel like the Oilers, ever since uh, the All Star break, they've been one of the hottest teams in the league, and the Kings. They've dealt with so many injuries. I think three of their top six defensemen are out for the season, including star Drew Doughty. I think that, like, I don't know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but maybe this could be a sweep. I think maybe the Oilers actually find a way to get it done this year, and they do it in quick fashion. I just I just don't know if this L.A. team can just keep up with the Oilers, especially with the way they've been playing lately. Um, yeah, the, the only win L.A. got against the Oilers was before the All-Star break. After that, the Oilers swept the season series, so... Yeah, this Oilers team, they've been on fire. Of course, Connor McDavid, he's been scoring like three or four points a game like he always does, and he's just 
Yeah, like this team just looks really good right now. Obviously, people are gonna say, "Oh, they had what have they done in the playoffs lately?" But I think maybe yeah, this is another one of these teams that you know can sort of push past you know all their past failures and sort of get a win, sweep maybe five games. That's around what I'm thinking. Yeah, I guess in the whole of the Oilers done in the playoffs lately, we could kind of say something similar about the Kings. I mean, they're not necessarily the most experienced team at this point. They have made the playoffs before, but it was quite a few years ago. Um, so, and this team was a lot more uh, inconsistent this year. I think they were better in that recent years, but they kind of um, struggled their way into the playoffs. Um, Edmonton looked a lot more solid, and I feel like the Oilers have a stronger offense. And I'm not sure if the Kings have the defense to kind of keep up with the Oilers' high-powered offense. So. I would say maybe around five games for the Oilers as well. And uh, moving on to Colorado versus Nashville, um, give us your thoughts on the series. Yeah, so of course, Colorado, the top seed in the West, they play whichever is the eighth seeded team, second wild card as of this moment. It's Nashville. Um, yeah, uh, the Predators do play Colorado on the final day of the season, which is Friday. So that'll be interesting. Maybe if they beat Colorado, then they don't end up playing them in the series. If they lose to Colorado here, maybe they do end up playing them. We'll definitely have to see how that, that shapes out. But um, yeah, um, it's going to be a tough series for Nashville considering their goalie UC Saros is currently injured. He should be back for the series start, whoever they play, but yeah, they're, they're going to have a tough time against Colorado. Um, this is a Colorado team that's determined to win this year in the playoffs as they've had previous failures the past few years. So, yeah, this is another one of these series. Like, I know people will say maybe six, maybe seven, but I think this is another one that's like four or five. Like, I feel like Colorado, I'm assuming everyone's back healthy, whether it's Landis Gog or whoever's been held out. I think Rantanen was held out the other day uh, out of the game. So, um, yeah, assuming everyone's back healthy for Colorado, they should be able to win this uh series quick i mean they swept st louis last year and they were like cup champions a couple years back so um yeah i definitely i think colorado is a solid team and in the first round they should be able to get it done i feel like um however long the series goes i feel like colorado should be able to win uh they're another team with a really high powered offense um i think nashville lost to carolina in the first round as well so I feel like um, Colorado should be able to take this maybe, I'll say maybe either five or six games. I think that in the game that's happening between Nashville and Colorado, Colorado now it's pretty close. So I think Nashville might be able to put up some sort of a fight, but I think that Colorado will eventually overwhelm um, Nashville with their offense. So I think I'm going to lean towards Colorado for the series in six games and Moving on to the last matchup, we have Minnesota versus St. Louis. And uh, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, it looks like St. Louis won all three games during the season series, but two of them went to overtime. One of them was a two-goal game, and that was like the outdoor game. So technically, I wouldn't put that on Minnesota. I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. They both have 109 points as we speak. Obviously, that depends uh, on whether they've, I don't think they've added Minnesota's current total, which means I think Minnesota is at 111 now, if I'm not mistaken. So by the looks of it, Minnesota might have the home ice advantage. 
yeah, for me, the series is going seven and whoever wins game seven, that's who's going to take the series. Um, it's tough to decide between the two. I think if Marc-Andre Fleury's starting in net for Minnesota, I think I got to lean with them. But I guess if they decide to go to, with Cam Talbot, I, I kind of like seeing Lewis a bit better. Um, just because I feel like seeing Lewis, they're just a lot deeper and they're not going up against the goalie like Fleury who can practically steal games uh, just out of nowhere. So, um, yeah, I would lean Minnesota, obviously, if they're starting everyone, especially Fleury, but... Um, or else, yeah, this game, this series could go either way and it should go seven. Yeah, I feel like they're both two really solid teams. I don't think they have any um, glaring weaknesses that the other team can really exploit. So it's probably going to go go down to seven games. I feel like any any team can run this. is basically a coin flip between uh, who wins the series. So I'll just be different and go with, uh, St. Louis on this. And I guess that's about the ends of the uh, early look at the playoffs. So we'll move on to previewing Friday's games. And we'll start with Columbus versus Pittsburgh. And who do you think takes this? Yeah, I'm not sure who's going to be resting who, but just from the looks of it, I think Pittsburgh has to win to sort of keep that third spot. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, moving on to Chicago versus Buffalo, who do you think takes this game? Honestly, this game's a toss-up, two non-playoff teams. Maybe I go with Buffalo at home. I think they have a good chance of getting the win here. All right. And uh, moving on to Boston versus the Leafs, uh, do you think the Leafs can get a win? Well, if the Leafs don't want to play Boston in the first round, they need to get a win. So, yeah, if you lose to Boston, you're probably playing them in the first round. So, uh, I think the Leafs, they, they should be able to get a win. Boston's coming off a back-to-back. They might be a little bit tired. This is the perfect chance for the Leafs to get the win here. Okay. And uh, moving on to Florida versus the Canadians. I guess uh, Florida's going to get a win here. Well, I would expect them to get a win here. But considering how well they played, they might rest even more guys. So I, I will lean with Florida, but I guess uh, we'll definitely have to find out um, – I, I guess uh, who's playing and, and whatnot. All right. And uh, moving on to Detroit versus New Jersey, who do you think takes this game? Oh, this is going to be tough. Uh, I might lean with Detroit just because New Jersey's coming off of back-to-back where they pretty much um, – yeah, I, I think I would lean with Detroit here. Um, yeah, let me go with Detroit here. Uh, moving on to Washington versus the Rangers. Um, who do you think is going to take this game? Honestly, this game can kind of go either way just because like both teams might be resting players. Um, I might lean with the Rangers just because they're at home, just because Washington's coming off of a back-to-back. Um, but Washington is trying to get that third spot still. Uh, it, it's tough, but yeah, I am going to go with the Rangers. Uh, moving on to Ottawa versus Philadelphia, who do you think is going to take this game? Yeah, another battle between two non-playoff teams. Uh, Ottawa, I don't know what was going on in their previous game, but Philly has looked a bit better, so I might lean with them. All right, and uh, moving on to Tampa Bay versus the Islanders, um, who do you think is going to take this? I think Tampa Bay will definitely play a lot better this game, considering Boston's on their heels for that third spot. 
So I think you, you'll definitely see Tampa Bay try and win this game for sure. All right. And uh, moving on to Vegas versus St. Louis, uh, who do you think takes this game? I'd probably lean with St. Louis just because Vegas, they're eliminated now. They don't really have a lot to play for. They might be, uh, you know, pulling some of their guys out that are, might be partially injured or whatever. And I think St. Louis this might just be a tune-up game for them. So I might go with the Blues. And uh, moving on to Colorado versus Minnesota, uh, who do you think takes this game? Yeah, this is actually a good matchup. This potential round two preview if both teams get through. Um both teams also played Thursday night. They're probably going to be resting a lot of starters. Yeah, this is tough to, to pick between these two. Maybe I might lean Minnesota just because they're at home. But, yeah, this game could go either way. Uh, and uh, moving on to Calgary versus the Jets, uh, who do you think takes this game? Yeah, honestly, this one can go either way as well. I don't know. Maybe I just go with the Jets just because they're at home. Calgary's coming off of a back-to-back. Um yeah, may, maybe I lean with the Jets. They've been playing better recently. I know that they, they sort of slipped out of playoff contention, but yeah, okay, I'll go with them. All right. And uh, moving on to the Ducks versus the Stars. Uh, who do you think takes this game? Yeah, this is must-win territory for Dallas if they want uh, to sort of be the number one wildcard team in that seventh spot in the West. So it's must-win. I think Dallas definitely knows that, so I'm going to go with them. And uh, moving on to Vancouver versus Edmonton, uh, who do you think takes this game? Yeah, this is interesting. I don't know how many players the Oilers are going to be resting. Um, but yeah, I, I'm probably going to have to lean with the Oilers. They've just been playing so well, regardless of who's in the lineup. So uh, yeah, I'll take Edmonton. All right. And uh, moving on to San Jose versus Seattle, uh, who do you think takes this game? Seattle's looked pretty good lately. I'm probably going to go with them. They're at home. Um, yeah, they, they've looked solid. They've brought some young players into their lineup. And, yeah, they, I, I like what they're doing. So I'll go with Seattle. All right. And uh, moving on to Nashville versus Arizona. Um, can we expect a win from Nashville? Yeah, I definitely expect a win from Nashville, considering that this is must-win territory for them as well if they don't want to play Colorado. So, um, yeah, I'll go with Nashville there. That's about the end of everything NHL. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, honestly, playoffs are going to be exciting. We sort of previewed what the uh, potential matchups are. We'll definitely see what the real matchups are on the next episode. Um, and yeah, playoff hockey is one of the most exciting things. And I can't wait. And I mean, uh, one side note, I guess, if you're sort of asking, you know, uh, which team should I pick from if I'm doing like a fantasy playoff pool or something my best strategy for that is just pick players from different teams because if you stack the your team off of a, one team and then they go out in the first round then you're pretty much you know uh banking on one or two players to try and win you your your league so um there's been a lot of playoff upsets i think five of the first round matchups last year were won by lower seeds so there's always lots of upsets in the playoffs you're drafting a fantasy roster for the playoffs just just spread out maybe draft one or two players from each team and sort of balance out your roster that way and when you go deep into the playoffs you'll still have uh, guys playing when some of the teams uh, in your bracket they won't have anyone left for sure and i guess for me it's going to be really exciting to see uh teams that haven't really um 
made it past the first first round in a while, for example, like teams like Calgary, teams like Florida. It's going to be really exciting, or even the Rangers will be exciting to see how far they're able to take the run this year. Yeah, fingers crossed the Leafs will do something this year, whether they play Tampa or Boston. Hopefully that they can sort of get past all their failures from previous years. It'll definitely be nice to see. Yeah, it's uh, been a long ride for the Leafs, so hopefully they're, they're able to kind of stick around for a little bit longer. And uh, that's about the end of everything NHL, so we're going to hand it to you for big-time basketball. All right, sounds good. Um, we'll, we'll start with big-time basketball. We'll take a look at some of the scores of some of the playoff games going on on Thursday night. Uh, we'll look at some of the series and see what's going on there as well. Um, we'll start with the first game here, and we might as well just go straight to that series because it's over. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Toronto Raptors by a huge score, 132-97. to 97. An absolute dominance from this Philly team. Uh, Embiid led the Sixers with 33 points. Chris Boucher had 25 for the Raptors. And then you had Tobias Harris leading the Sixers with 11 rebounds. And Chris Boucher leading the Raptors with 10. So he had a pretty solid game for them. And then James Harden, 15 assists to lead the Sixers. While Pascal Siakam had 7 to lead the Raptors. Um, you're a Raptors fan. Of course, the Raptors go out in six. Uh uh, on this series give me your thoughts on this game give me your thoughts on the series overall i guess my thoughts on this game i wasn't expecting the lead to be this big i was thinking maybe the raptors had a chance to kind of make it to game seven at least unfortunately it looks like there was a lot of hype so i was a little bit worried that the raptors wouldn't be able to make the upset and unfortunately the sixers they decided to kind of a game. Um, really impressive that they were able to blow up the Raptors like this um, in pretty dominant fashion. Unfortunately, the Raptors are not able to make history by being the only team to, to I guess, pull a serious upset being down 3-0. So I guess um, the trend is still alive, unfortunately. In terms of the series overall, it could have definitely gone a lot worse. Um, the Raptors it looks like they were about to get swept, and it looks like they had no answer to the 76ers, but they were able to kind of drop some plans. Um, their passing improved. Everyone really stepped up, so I'm really happy about that. Unfortunately, Fred Fatsley, um, he was injured, so I'm pretty sure he didn't play for the rest of the series, but I think he still played pretty well, even with the criticism that he had, but he, that people have been giving him for the series but I feel like um, he was still pretty good overall, um, considering that he was injured. Um, really happy with how Shih Tzu has been playing. Um, really happy with how Chris Boucher has been playing. Uh, team overall looks like they're improving, but um, I think the next step is they need to kind of either, I guess, uh, I guess add a big man who can kind of guard someone like Embiid or try to figure out, I guess, for the next year, how they're going to be able to defend um, really dominant players. Because I feel like um, this 76ers team's pretty much here to stay. 
Yeah, you got to bring Marcus all out of retirement to, to sort of do that. But yeah, um, we predicted around six or seven games. So it was sort of in that wheelhouse how it happened. Obviously, Toronto didn't win, which is disappointing for Raptors fans. But yeah, good win for the 76ers. And I guess we'll sort of recap the other series since the East uh, round one is done. Uh, Miami beat Atlanta in four games. I guess give me your thoughts on the results of that series. Um. I was actually surprised that it went pretty much, I think it was four to one. Atlanta only won one game. I thought it could possibly go to six considering um, Atlanta made a really good run last year. They have some really good shooting, but Miami's just a really good team overall. Um, they have a, a lot of really good players and the number of good players they have runs pretty deep. So. It's going to be, it was really tough from the beginning, especially without Clint Capella in the first um, few games. So um, good job by the Heat. It was, a, I guess, a pretty dominant series win. Kind of unfortunate for the Hawks, but hopefully they'll be able to uh, come back to the playoffs next season. Yeah, I definitely agree. The only game they won was with that floater game winner from Trey Young. So uh, even their only win, it was just a nail biter. So they're really tough for the Hawks. Obviously, you mentioned Clint Capella. That was huge. Miami didn't have a lot of players in game five. They were still able to pull it off. Speaks to the depth of this team. I know we talked about uh, in the offseason how they needed to add depth. And I mean, their depth looks really good right now. So great win for Miami. Um, we'll get to the 3-6 series. Milwaukee beat Chicago 4-1. to uh, Obviously, Chicago grabbed that one game there in the middle. But Milwaukee pretty much dominated the rest. I guess, what are your thoughts? I feel like um, the Bucks were going to win the series um, no matter how long the series dragged out. I didn't think it would go just to game five, maybe, but um, unfortunately, the Bucks are just really dominant um, right now. It's really hard to stop a team like the Bucks, especially with the Adas and just how the team is generally structured. I feel like the Bulls, they could be a sleeper team in the future, but as of right now, they're a little bit too dependent on DeRozan and Vucevic. Not having Lonzo Ball doesn't help either, so uh, hopefully Lonzo Ball will be healthy for all of next season. I feel like if Lonzo Ball was healthy, the series could have been a little bit closer, but I guess that's just kind of how it went. Yeah, he definitely would have made a difference, but it also speaks to how dominant this Milwaukee team looks. Definitely going to be really solid moving forward. And another team that's really solid right now, Boston swept the Brooklyn Nets 4-0. I was really impressed by Boston, especially the way they played defense against this Brooklyn team. I guess, what are your thoughts on this sweep? I did not see the sweep coming. I thought that the Nets, um, considering um, the star power they have on the roster, um, that they could at least give the Celtics a fight, if not pull off an upset. And I was kind of expecting the Nets to kind of be like a sweeper team for the playoffs this year, but it looks like um, the Celtics, they were more than ready for the Nets. And they're, they look like one of the best defensive teams um, in the playoffs so far. They were able to slow down a team with Kyrie and Katie. Um, there's just a bunch of... Um, star power in that roster and the Celtics swept that. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, how the Celtics do against the Bucks. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I really like the Celtics team moving forward. Um, let's just quickly dive into these round two series on the East just before we get to the West, because I, I sort of want to get your thoughts uh, on it. Um, I guess we'll start with Miami against Philadelphia. I guess, uh, how do you see that series sort of playing out? Um, I feel like it's going to be a little bit hard to tell. Um, I think that if um, the Philadelphia game wasn't, I mean, if the series against Toronto didn't end up being blowout in the sixth sixth game, it would have been a little bit easier to say um, maybe that he'd have a chance of taking it in maybe six games. But I think this could possibly end up going down to um, seven games just when you look at how uh, deep each roster is. Um, Miami has a bunch of really good players on their roster. Um, the 76ers have players that have just really stepped up. For example, Tyrese Maxey's been playing really well. Um, and beats uh, really dominant anywhere on the floor. Um, Harden has been a really good volume uh, shooter, is a really good playmaker. So, and can't uh, forget about Tobias Harris as well. So it's going to be a toss-up for this series. Um, I think I'll go with I guess I'll go with maybe the 76ers in seven games. All right. And I think I, assuming Miami is healthy, they haven't been as healthy, but assuming they are healthy, I think I'll have to go with them. Probably around six games, I'll say. I guess for game one, there's no spread up just yet, um, but I guess who would you sort of pick to take game one? I think uh, depends who's playing at home, I guess, but I think Miami's I'll home, yeah. I'll go with Miami. Yeah, I think I'll lean with the Heat as well. Uh, we'll definitely have to see how they play. Uh, the next series, uh, it's the Boston-Milwaukee series. Uh, I'm just all over Boston this year. Uh, I like them to win. I like them to win in seven games. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on how these two teams match up? This is another series that's going to be a toss-up to me. Um, I guess, again... Um, the Bucks are pretty dominant. The question is going to be, um, how do the Celtics stop um, Giannis, basically? Well, not just Giannis, but just his team overall. But I think um, the Celtics, they do have the defense for that. Um, they have a bunch of players who um, are in each position who can defend really well. So I feel like um, Boston could possibly make an upset here, maybe in seven games. Yeah, considering they said Chris Middleton might not even play this entire series, that's definitely troubling uh, against a really tough defensive team like Boston. I think Boston's favored by four and a half at home for the first game. I don't know if I take them on the spread. I like them to win. Maybe you take the Bucks at plus four and a half. I guess, what are your thoughts? I think that for now, um, the Bucks are still a defending champs, so you got to um, put a little bit of respect on them, so they should be able to give the Celtics a fight for sure. So I think the Bucks should be able to cover four and a half. All right. And I guess we'll move now to the West. Uh, we'll start uh, with the series that just finished today uh, being Thursday. And that's the Phoenix Suns winning 4-2 uh, over the New Orleans Pelicans. They win the final game 115-109. to 
Uh, Chris Paul at the Suns with 33 points. Brandon Ingram at 21 for the Pelicans. Then we have Larry Nance Jr. leading the Pelicans with eight rebounds, while DeAndre Ayton at seven for the Suns. Chris Paul, eight assists to lead the Suns, while Brandon Ingram had 11 for the Pelicans. Um, I guess give me your thoughts on this series. Uh, big win for the Suns. Big win for the Suns, but I don't think the Pelicans should feel um, too bad. They were able to push push them all the way to six games, which is really impressive. I thought maybe it could go to six games, but I was thinking that uh, the Suns, it looked like they pretty much had it in the bag until Pelicans were pulling off some upsets. So it looks like the Pelicans, they could be a sleeper team in the West next year, especially if Zion comes back. So um, the Suns, they were able to win, but I feel like the Pelicans are going to be a team to watch next season. Yeah, it's good to see Devin Booker back for the Suns. We thought he'd be out maybe three to four weeks. Came back, I think, within a week or two. So, yeah, really great to see that. Um, he really helped the Suns win this game for sure. Um, I guess um, the next series, the 4-5 series, the game's currently going on as we're recording. Um, it looks like the Jazz are up on the Dallas Mavericks uh, in the third quarter. So that series could potentially go to game seven, which will definitely be interesting. I guess, what are your thoughts on that series so far? I feel like this series has been really close. Um, I feel like the Jazz, they're a really solid team and so are the Mavericks. But yeah, it's been uh, really hard to kind of um, judge who's going to win the series. It looks like they're pretty, they're pretty evenly matched. I feel like this series is probably going to go down to rebounding still. So I think the team that kind of has the best rebounding and has the most possessions is probably going to win. Yeah, it's definitely going to go down to the wire for sure, especially if Utah does win game six and then it'll potentially go to a game seven. Definitely going to be exciting to see. And then We'll talk about the, the other two series. The first one is finished. The third seed Golden State Warriors being the sixth seed Denver Nuggets, uh, four to one. Um, it was pretty much dominance from Golden State for most of these games. I, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was kind of unfortunate. At least the Nuggets, they were able to get um, one win, but it looks like um, the Warriors are back. They have a really strong roster again. Um, they're fully healthy, and the Nuggets weren't healthy enough. Um, Jokic, he was playing um, amazing. He put up some amazing stat lines, but even with all the effort that the Nuggets were doing, I feel like the Warriors they just had a stronger roster overall. Even with um, teams with stronger rosters um, previous years, it was almost impossible to stop the Warriors, so can't really fault the Nuggets on this. They didn't have Jamal Murray. They didn't have all their players, so um, congrats to the Warriors. Hopefully, the Nuggets will be fully healthy for next season. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Nuggets weren't fully healthy. They definitely have to get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back into this lineup. And as for Golden State, yeah, this team looks pretty good right now. I definitely think that they can make a run moving forward. Um, the next series we got here is the two seven series Memphis against Minnesota. Memphis does lead the series three to two. Um, I guess we'll sort of uh, preview uh, the next matchup. I guess uh, the Grizzlies are favored by one. They are going to be in Minnesota though. Um, 
I guess, how, what do you think of the series so far? And I guess, who do you think wins game six? The series has been really back and forth. Um, I guess going into the series, I was expecting kind of a more dom, I guess more dominance from the Grizzlies, Grizzlies considering they had um, a better uh, record. But the Timberwolves, they, they didn't lie down. They decided to say that they're definitely a solid team. They're a playoff team too. They definitely gave the Grizzlies a fight, and um, they kept it close for a lot of the series. So I'm pretty impressed by what the Timberwolves have done, and it's going to be tough to, I guess, see who wins the series. But I feel like um, the Grizzlies should have the advantage, even if the Timberwolves they're able to kind of um, take Game Six. I I feel like. Grizzlies should be able to win big games. Yeah, I think maybe I might go with the Timberwolves as well for game six. I definitely think that they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder, and I I definitely think that they're going to try and drag it to seven. I also agree with you. I like the Grizzlies to win the series. I think that this team's a little bit deeper. John Morant's a special player as well, so I definitely think he will find a way to get it done, whether it's game six or game seven. So, yeah, that's pretty much our our coverage for the NBA playoffs for this week. Uh, Right now, the NFL draft is going on, so we'll sort of move to Fanatics football. Uh, Round one is currently underway. Um, As we're recording, let me see whether the round has finished. It's almost there. Um, they're at pick, I believe, 31 as we speak. So uh, I guess as we get through the draft, hopefully it will finish up and we'll be able to recap every single pick from round one. But Nate, I'm going to start here with the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Trayvon Walker, uh, Georgia defensive end. Um, I guess give me your thoughts on this pick. I believe last week it was kind of predicted by an NFL analyst that he was probably going to be one of the picks that the Jaguars go with and it ends up being him. I think he is a good uh, good pick. You gotta go kind of with the best available lineman. They had to go with a lineman either way. It was either gonna be an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. So uh, kind of like Trayvon Walker overall. Yeah, for sure. I think they they feel like his ceiling is is really high. So I think they definitely went with him. He played with a solid defense in Georgia as well. So I think great pick for them. Detroit Lions take Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan. Obviously, Michigan, really close to where Detroit plays. So same state, uh, definitely going to be a hometown type guy. Um, I really like this pick. Uh, he seems to be the best overall athlete in this draft. I guess, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I guess Aiden Hutchinson isn't going to have to either drive or fly too, too far to get to Detroit. So there's some sort of convenience there. Um, I think this, uh, Detroit's kind of in a similar position where they could kind of do make a lot of moves, but I feel like um, kind of similar to the Jaguars going with alignment is probably going to be um, most important for them. Yeah, for sure. And um, getting to pick three from the Texans, this is an interesting one. Um, corner Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU is the player they take, but he goes ahead of Sauce Gardner, who goes to the Jets at four. Um, obviously, Sauce Gardner is projected to be the number one corner, but Stingley Jr. goes ahead of him. I guess give me your thoughts on these two picks, uh, both for Houston and for the New York Jets. 
feel like um, for Houston, it's kind of he kind of just got to draft anybody. So going with the defense first, you don't really have to worry about defense afterwards. They could have gone for a lineman, I feel like, but you could go with um, defense as well. And I kind of also like Sauce Gardner um, for the Jets. So the Jets are going to have um, even better uh, defense this season. So I don't like these two picks. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think Houston, they needed players pretty much at every position. So um, they pretty much could pick who they wanted. And then for the Jets, I definitely like the pick. Their secondary was really bad last year. So um, Sauce Gardner, I mean, I don't think he allowed a touchdown pretty much all season uh, for whoever he was guarding in college. So uh, from what I remember. So, yeah, he seems to be really solid. Um, the Giants are picking at five. They select Oregon edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, he seems like he's this, like, a really high-end prospect that sort of has an amazing ceiling. And he seems pretty unstoppable. I guess, what are your thoughts on this pick? Yeah, I feel like um can't really go wrong with an edge rusher. That's going to definitely put some pressure on the other team's pocket. Uh, should increase uh, New York's defense by a lot. So I uh, kind of like this pick. For sure. And um, I definitely think it's a really solid pick as well. Another solid pick is Iki Kwanu to the Carolina Panthers at six, NC State offensive tackle. And I mean, yeah, he was at times projected to potentially go first overall, and he sort of falls to six. And they sort of get the best offensive tackle in the draft from what people are saying. I mean, uh, I really like this pick. Carolina's offensive line was really bad last year. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like um, dropping a lineman instead of a skill position was going to be a lot more important, especially at this point of the draft. Um, Carolina already has Christian McCaffrey. Um, They already have a a young quarterback, so I don't feel like um, drafting any of that would Useful. They could have maybe drafted a wide receiver, but at the same time, if your line isn't that good, the quarterback's not going to have enough time in the pocket to throw anyways. So might as well just go with an offensive tackle first. Yeah, and I mean the Jets, sorry, the Giants did the same thing at seven. They take offensive tackle from Alabama, Evan Neal. So they pair Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. Those are two solid picks in the first round. I mean, I'm impressed with what the Giants have done. I guess give me your thoughts. I like this as well. Um, I guess same thing with uh, the Carolina Panthers. New York already has Saquon Barkley. They do have Daniel Jones. Um, I guess some people aren't really too happy with how Daniel Jones has been turning out, but at the same time, drafting a quarterback now is not necessarily a good idea. You could go with wide receivers, but at the same time, you should probably um, increase the time in the pocket first. So for sure and we get to pick number eight the atlanta falcons take wide receiver drake london from usc uh, he seems like a pretty big receiver um he's got great length leaping ability uh they're pairing with kyle pitts there on the offense gonna be two guys they're gonna be tough to guard um, i really like this pick considering they don't have calvin ridley this year and they lost julio jones last year um i definitely think they're heading in the right direction i guess what are your thoughts yeah, I kind of like it. Uh, the Falcons, they're generally a pass-heavy team, so they're probably thinking about um, drafting skill positions first. So I guess they decide to go with 
wide receiver. And I guess hopefully it works out. Yeah, for sure. And um, we'll get to pick nine, Seattle Seahawks. They're another team that struggled um, stopping the pass rush. So they draft offensive tackle from Mississippi State, Charles Cross. We, we've known how bad the Seahawks offensive line has been for years. It's pretty much just fill, fill in for them. And I like it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like it as well. Um, this is another situation in which drafting a skill position or even drafting a quarterback was not going to for the Seahawks because um, I don't think any quarterback in the draft is going to be as good at scrambling as Russell Wilson was. So they'd probably be taking a lot of sacks if they decide to draft a quarterback. They decided to draft a running back. They probably wouldn't be able to um, move the line as far just because of um, how much help the line needs. So drafting a lineman is definitely the way to go. For sure. And uh, we'll get to the Jets at 10. They pick again. This time they take wide receiver from Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. And I like what they did. They got Sauce Gardner as a corner, and then you get a wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. You address the offense and the defense. Um, yeah, Giants did the same thing, drafting a, a lineman on both sides of the ball. And then now um, two skilled uh, players from both sides of the ball for the Jets. Uh, what are your thoughts? I kind of like it. Um, addresses both their offense and their defense. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. I agree. And um, we'll get to pick 11. It was supposed to be the Washington Commanders, but they make a trade with the New Orleans Saints. Let me just pull up what that trade was here. Um, so New Orleans moves up to pick 11. Washington receives pick 16 as well as picks 98 and 120. So I, I guess Washington didn't really like uh, what, what was on the board there. So they decided to trade down and New Orleans came up to select wide receiver Chris Alave. Um, uh, he's from Ohio State. And I mean, they're just looking for that solid number two wide receiver to sort of pair with Michael Thomas, assuming he does stay with the team. Um, I think it's a great pick. Obviously, they could have addressed other areas, um, whether it's quarterback or, or whatnot. But um, I guess getting another receiver in the room is definitely really solid. Yeah, I feel like um, in terms of the offense overall, I feel like New Orleans, they probably, they're pretty solid. They just need to draft a couple of skill positions and they should be fine. So I guess drafting um, a wide receiver at this point should work out for them. Definitely agree. Speaking of skill positions, another wideout goes off the board. Detroit Lions trade up to the number 12 spot. Uh, and they also acquire the number 46 pick from Minnesota for the 32nd overall pick, the 34th overall pick, and the 66th overall pick. So big trade there. Detroit comes up to select wide receiver Jamison Williams from Alabama. They must have really uh, loved him as a player. He was really solid for Alabama in the in college. Um, I guess give me your thoughts on the Lions here. I kind of like it. Um, they hold on to Jared Goff for a little bit more. Um, he is um, pretty experienced uh, veteran, so there's not really reason to kind of replace him with a quarterback uh, just yet try to increase the talent um, around Jared Goff to see how far the lines go. If there's kind of a really solid quarterback um, in, in the draft, then maybe you can draft some late sit behind Jared Goff, but I feel like they should let um, I guess Jared Goff um, stay for a bit and kind of um, help the young talent develop. 
for sure. And um, man, there's so many trades here. Pick 13, the Eagles, um, the, they traded uh, with the Texans to sort of get pick 13 here. Uh, the trade was um, Philadelphia coming up to 13 overall, Houston going down to 15th overall, but they also get picks 124, 162, and 166. They only drop two spots and they get three additional picks. I think that's pretty solid for Houston there. Philadelphia comes up to draft defensive tackle Jordan Davis. Um, he seems to be just a guy that um, he seems to be pretty unstoppable. He played at Georgia. Um yeah, and he he can eliminate uh, another uh, the other team's run game. Uh, he seems like a a one man show there on the defensive line. So, uh, great trade there. If especially if the Eagles really believe in him, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess this could kind of make the line even scarier to play against. I know the Eagles; they already had a lineman who was really good at pass rushing. So now you put a lineman who's really good at stopping the run and. He's as fast as, um, almost as fast as skill position players. So that's really impressive, especially for alignment of his size. So the Eagles, they're going to have a really scary line this year. Definitely agree. Um, the Ravens were at pick 14 and they select Kyle Hamilton safety from Notre Dame. Obviously they had, they were so banged up in their secondary this year. This almost seemed like a pick that needed to happen. Yeah, for sure. It was really hard for them to kind of um, stop the other team and uh, get the, give the offense kind of a chance to generate some momentum. So um, drafting a site to date is definitely going to help. For sure. And um, uh, this was the, the trade where Houston traded down. They took Kenyon Green, offensive lineman from Texas A&M. So I guess they decided to take Derek Stingley early and then end up getting an offensive lineman later on. I guess what are your thoughts? I guess it kind of uh, works out. They get alignment to kind of improve their offense, and then they get, um, I guess, a corner to improve their defense. So, yeah, it should be able to work. For sure. And Washington, when they traded down to pick 16, they drafted Jahan Dotson, Penn State wide receiver. Um, yeah, it's great that they got another wide receiver there to sort of pair with Terry McLaurin, sort of give Carson Wentz some weapons there. I guess, what are your thoughts? I kind of like it as well. Uh, try to generate as many weapons around Carson Wentz as possible. And uh, hopefully the Washington commanders will have the best chance to succeed. For sure. And uh, we'll get to pick 17. I know we talked about the Chargers drafting an offensive lineman to protect Justin Herbert, and they did. They took Zion Johnson from Boston College. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts? I like the pick. They didn't have to draft a skill position. I feel like in terms of skill positions, the Chargers are fine. They have everyone they need for the most part. Um, they already have Justin Herbert, so they don't need to draft a quarterback. So just to protect Justin Herbert, I think that's their first part. For sure. And then we got another trade here. Tennessee Titans trading up. Um, it looks like that, yeah, they traded wide receiver A.J. Brown. This is huge. Um, he wanted a new contract. He's most likely going to receive it now that he's been traded to the Eagles. Uh, Philadelphia gets A.J. Brown, and Tennessee receives two draft picks, the 18th overall pick and the 101st overall pick. With this pick, they end up selecting a wide receiver to replace him, and that's Traylon Burks from Arkansas. 
Um, he's a big body playmaker, pretty similar, I guess, to AJ Brown in a sense. He's a much cheaper option to being on a rookie deal. So I guess, what are your thoughts with this pick? I guess the Titans, they're thinking about it from a money's perspective. They don't really want to pay that much money for AJ Brown. So they trade him to the Eagles. So obviously the Eagles are going to take that. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to work. I mean, Traylon Burks, he is really talented. Maybe in the next couple of years, he could develop into a player that's comparable to A.J. Brown. But I feel like for the first couple of years, um, it might be a bit of an adjustment period for the Titans. For sure. I mean, they got all that money invested in Derrick Henry, so they kind of had to pick and choose. Is it Derrick Henry or is it A.J. Brown? So, um, yeah, they ended up trading A.J. Brown. Traylon Burks looks like he's going to be pretty solid as well, so we'll definitely have to see. Of course, the Saints are picking at 19. They draft Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa offensive tackle. It's pretty much just um, adding more depth on the line. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of like it. Just kind of uh, increases the depth on the line. And if the line is deep, it should be able to help out all the other positions as well. For sure. Pick number 20, Pittsburgh Steelers. They take the first quarterback off the board. And ironically, he played for uh, Pittsburgh University. Kenny Pickett, um, they know him really well. He practices in their building. Um, it almost seems like it could be the perfect fit. I guess, what are your thoughts on this pick for the Steelers? Well, he definitely doesn't have to go far to play for Pittsburgh. This is another he just one. Has yeah. to, well, he just has to take the bus or drive for maybe 45 minutes and he's there. So I guess it's pretty convenient. I guess the uh, Steelers, they decide to go with the quarterback because unfortunately the quarterback last year tragically passed away. So I guess that's why they did what they did. Yeah, of course, you're talking about Dwayne Haskins. And yeah, um, it was going to be a, probably a competition between Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky after that. So you had a third quarterback there into the mix. I think Kenny Pickett has a chance to take the job. They said he's NFL ready. So you never know if he plays well in training camp. It could be like a Mac Jones, Cam Newton situation where they just feel like the younger guy's ready to go. So definitely have to see about that. Um, and we have another trade here at pick 21. The Chiefs make a trade with the Patriots. They trade up for the number 21 overall pick. The Patriots receive the 29th overall pick as well as picks 94 and 121. Um, the Chiefs with pick 21 select Trent McDuffie, Washington corner. Um, obviously they're just uh, replacing a lot of the depth they've lost on their defense. I guess, what are your thoughts? I guess I like the addition of Trent McDuffie, um, Kansas City. It was, they normally have a good defense every year, but I feel like this year their defense wasn't as good as, uh, I guess the season that just ended, their defense wasn't as good as previous seasons. So I feel like drafting defense is probably going to be there. For sure. And uh, we get to pick 22, Green Bay. Uh, they say that they normally don't draft wide receivers in the first round. And yep, they didn't. Uh, they took Georgia linebacker Quay Walker. Um, I guess it's just replacing the some of the depth that they've lost on, on their defense. I kind of like it. I feel like they can get receivers later in the draft. I know people are probably going to complain, oh, Aaron Rodgers is not getting any weapons. But like, I think it's still a pretty solid pick. Yeah, I think on paper it should work. Like you said, people are going to complain that um, Aaron Rodgers isn't getting enough help. 
So Green Bay is obviously thinking that they'll be able to get some solid talent later in the draft. So we'll just have to see if it works out. For sure. And then we get to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, actually, they traded up. This was actually a trade. Uh, let's take a look at what the trade was here. A Buffalo trade up to the 23rd overall pick. And then Baltimore trades down to get the 25th pick and also the pick number 130. So Buffalo with trading up, they get corner Kair Elam uh, from Florida. He's a corner. Um, I think they're pretty much just trying to add depth there in their secondary, um, considering uh, when they lost Trey White, their secondary just got shredded by Kansas City last year. So, um, yeah, it's just more depth, uh, obviously just filling in that position. I guess, what are your thoughts? teams to score on them um they'll probably be shutting down defenses even more so yeah i think it's a good addition for sure and we get to pick 24 dallas cowboys they take an offensive tackle from tulsa tyler smith um yeah we knew that their offensive line was getting up there in age they needed to sort of add younger depth and yeah i think it's a great pick for dallas i guess give me your thoughts yeah i kind of like it as well um I feel like uh, the line was probably going to be the biggest place to improve. In terms of skill positions, they could have gone for some, but I feel like the line's more important. For sure. And uh, another um, lineman went off the board. Uh, this is the Baltimore pick that they traded down for. Uh, pick 25, Tyler Linderbaum, center from Iowa. Um, obviously Baltimore, their line's also getting up there in age. So it's great that they're sort of getting a lot of depth there, similar situation to Dallas. So I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like the Ravens don't really need a skilled position. Line's probably more important for the Ravens as well. So I like this pick. For sure. And, uh, it looks like we have another trade here. The Jets traded up to the 26th pick, uh, from Tennessee. Um, they also received the 101st pick. Tennessee receiving pick 35, 69, and 163. So um, the, with the Jets, they traded up. They selected Jermaine Johnson, Florida State defensive end. Yeah, I'm surprised that he fell this far in the draft. He was getting a lot of steam as of late. The Jets felt like that he was there for the picking, and they, they just grabbed him off the board. I think this is going to be one of the steals of the draft. Yeah, definitely going to look like one of the steals of the drafts. He could end up being kind of like the Christian Barmore of this draft, possibly. And I feel like the, the Jets are going to have a really solid defense. Yeah, I mean, you got Sauce Gardner, you got Jermaine Johnson, and then you draft, um, uh, what, what's his name? I forgot which wide receiver they took. Gary Wilson, sorry. Uh, yeah, so they, they're, they're really stacked coming out of this draft. I really like what the Jets have done. Both them and the Giants, really solid drafts. We moved to pick 27. There was another trade. Um, I don't think the trade was today, though. Yeah, it just says from Buccaneers. So the Jags had this uh, pick previously. They selected Devin Lloyd, Utah linebacker. Um, I think that he, he's been reported as a really solid player. I think Jacksonville got a really good player. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess they were going for best player available. So um, I think Devin Lloyd is a really good at this position of the draft. I was thinking maybe they could go for some linemen as well to kind of um, protect the quarterback that they have there, but I think going with Devin Lloyd works as well. 
For sure. And then we get to pick 28. The Green Bay Packers select Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, the defensive lineman. Um, yeah, more defense. They're just really stacking up. It looks like Zadarius Smith might not be coming back to Green Bay. So um the you know, just adding depth there on the line to where they can sort of bring in younger guys to sort of fill in. I like what Green Bay is doing. Like we said, no wide receiver in the first round, but that's what they've done over the years. They haven't taken wide receivers. So um, I guess, what are your thoughts? I guess um, Green Bay, they like to go with defense first. It is kind of tough to get really solid against um, defensive players later in the draft. So that's probably why they usually um, defense early in the draft and try to go with some wide receivers later. So if they're going for that, then I think Devontae Wyatt is a good pick, but we're just going to have to see um, who looks at for wide receiver. For sure. And then, uh, of course, the pick 29 where the Patriots traded down. They select guard from Tennessee Chattanooga, Cole Strange. Um, I like this pick. I think the Patriots, you know, they need to keep building that offensive line, just adding more depth. Um, I, I don't know. Give me your thoughts on the selection. Yeah, that's that's all we need to say. Yeah, I definitely agree. We'll get to pick 30. Kansas City selected George Karloftis, Purdue edge rusher. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they just keep adding to their defense. I definitely like what the Chiefs are doing. They know that they have the depth for the most part on the offense. They're sort of addressing their holes on the defense. I guess, give me your thoughts. Yeah, um, it, like I said before, it was harder for Kansas City to kind of stop teams. Not that it was hard, but they weren't as dominant as they were in previous years. So they're looking to go back to being dominant on both sides of the ball. So that's definitely going to be a good addition. For sure. And then we'll get to the Bengals at 31. They take Daxton Hill, Michigan, Michigan defensive back. Um, we saw how many times Eli Apple got burned in the playoffs last year. So I think they definitely need some depth back there. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess they definitely some depth on defense they're probably either going to go for someone on defense or for an offensive lineman to um, try to protect Joe Burrow so um, they picked one of the two of the options basically for sure and uh, the final pick of the draft of course the Vikings had traded down for this pick uh, they select uh, Lewis sign uh, from Georgia he's a safety um yeah, they, they just want to get more depth, I guess, on their defense. I guess, give me your thoughts on this final pick from round one. Yeah, I feel like in terms of offense, the Vikings are pretty well-rounded, so they just need to get some players on defense, so I kind of like this pick. For sure, and yeah, this is a crazy round one. Lots of trades. A.J. Brown gets traded. I think that's the biggest news that I definitely got out of this. I guess, what are your final thoughts from round one? Yeah, this has been a crazy draft so far. I never thought that A.J. Brown, of all people, was going to get traded. But I guess uh, when you have to uh, look at your budget, that's kind of what happens. I think my biggest surprise besides that is that no other quarterbacks besides Kenny Pickett were selected in round one. I thought maybe Malik Willis would have gone to at least some team uh, out there, but I guess not. Definitely have to see uh, what round two is going to be looking like to see, you know, uh, which which players are sort of near the top of the second round that could take Malik Willis. 
um, maybe a team like the Falcons, maybe teams like some team like that. So we'll, we'll definitely have to see about that. But yeah, a crazy draft so far, like you said. Um, yeah, round one was so intense. We definitely have to see what the rest of the rounds are going to bring. We'll definitely be recapping the rest of the draft on the next episode. And yeah, that's going to be the end of this episode of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Just check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We've been posting picks for NBA and NHL, so definitely go check those out. This podcast will be on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So just make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave comments, reviews, all that good stuff. And yeah, lots of news going on. NHL playoffs coming up, NBA playoffs currently going on. And yeah, round one of the NFL draft, definitely exciting things going on. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.